3: We're visiting a beetle-spit village next to a chicken-piddle lake on a donkey-dung island. You can bet we're gonna
2: swear.
4: Hello!
3: Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy.
4: I'm Brittany.
1: And I'm Goodwin.
3: And today, we're reading Chapter 8 of Melting Stones. So
4: grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice.
1: And let's meet some hot-headed individuals.
3: Evie sinks into the mountain where she meets two magma spirits that she names Flare and Carnelian. Flare and Carnelian want out of the mountain and have the childlike energy to try and pull Evie with them. Evie manages to escape and return to her body where Giant and Luvo are waiting for her. Luvo is more scared than he has ever been. Giant and Luvo help Evie recuperate enough to ride home while they discuss where the magma spirits might be coming from. Then Giant double checks that Evie is secure in the saddle And they ride to meet Rosethorn, who will likely doom Evie to an eternity of making soap.
4: (laughs) Yes. What a bummer.
3: Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Tell me all about it, y'all.
1: I have a theory, but I don't want to say it in case it might actually be true
4: but you should say it
1: because should I, say I it? said
4: I said the theory of uh I want fire in us right so
1: because I I think I cracked it like I okay. really really theory, do I feel very theory, confident theory,
5: theory, theory. I
1: I don't know why the volcano is doing this but I know in my heart of hearts that someone that we like is gonna die who oh, do yeah, we all like sure.
4: oh i already knew luvo was gonna die
1: yeah but he's gonna get like thrown into the volcano and he's gonna be like hey everybody all you little spirits and stuff mag made out of magma you know i know that you think exploding everywhere suddenly violently killing all these creatures on the surface is a really cool idea but maybe you shouldn't do that and then it erupts like out of the side and like trickles down and makes more island or something so luvo sacrifices himself to keep everyone from dying on the surface
4: i definitely also think that obviously there's gonna be a volcano and i feel like uh these spirits once they crack out all the rest of the spirits are gonna go everywhere as well because they also went out but they need somebody to guide them and i feel like these two are gonna be their guide to get out
1: yeah and instead of like exploding the main magma chamber that's gonna like fucking erupt like fucking krakatoa it's gonna like Ooze out of the side or something or somewhere else like I I, I already call it that Luvo is going to be like hey everybody go out this way because maybe you don't want to kill everyone on the surface that kind of sucks because I've met a lot of them and they're nice and and then and, and he dies and then the island erupts sideways and it doesn't kill everybody
4: I think either Luvo or Giant is gonna die one of the two somebody's okay. gonna die I do like Giant yeah I really like him Giant's too. Giant's got so. too much
1: to live for. Luvo's already seen enough and he's like, I'm tired of this. I also uh, don't know. Well, and so, Rose so did to die.
4: Flick. Flick had a whole lot to live for and she fucking died. So <laughs> Glocky's mom had a whole lot to live for. She fucking died. <laughs>
2: Both
3: are moms.
4: Both are moms.
1: Maybe it's going to be Rose Thorn too.
4: She already died once. Why not again? Yeah. I want to know what
3: happens to Luvo's mountain if he dies. Hmm. Ooh that's a good question because is, is it
1: like evie with like if her magic
3: her magic stuff dies, dies?
1: Her, her body dies yeah,
3: yeah like like if luvo melts in a volcano does spontaneously this mountain on the other side of the planet just, like just
4: also
1: crumbles, crumbles. Yeah.
3: yeah or does is, is it just like dead i because
4: i, I dead. bet it probably dies because it's the heart of the mountain if it doesn't have a heart and
5: so then it kind of dies. Apart, <laughs> dies. I, say, I think it's like a husk. A husk of a mountain. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Interesting. But yeah, Luva's going to die and it's going to suck and I'm going to cry. Who would know I would have these feelings for a fucking gummy bear made out of rock?
3: I said in our last discussion with Tortala Knights that Luva was going to be your new favorite character. <laughs> I love
1: Luvo. He's great. He's Luba chill. is
3: amazing. I was like
1: he's a gummy bear
3: I was like Goodwin always likes the non-human characters we asked him who is your favorite character in the first four books and he was like Briar's tree who's your favorite character in the next four books and he's like the glass dragon so clearly his favorite character in the next set of books is going to be Luvo so I absolutely knew you would have these for for the stone gummy bear
1: yeah he's awesome (laughs) Luvo's great and it sucks that he's gonna die Cause I know he is. Like I, I can tell. You can tell. I've gotten. I've read enough of Tamra Pierce, like, in the series, to be like, yeah, he's so helpful and cool and nice, and everybody likes him and respects him. Yeah, he's gonna. And die.
4: he's, he's too scared of the mountain, and all the volcano shit that's happening. He's, he's af- like
1: he's, he's afraid. Scared. He's, he's scared, scared, but he loves Evie, and he will sacrifice himself to keep her alive, and it's gonna suck. All of Evie's like. Paternal trauma has already happened when she was like a young child, so now she needs to get hit again as an older child because <laughs> that's because that's kind works.
3: of what happened with the other four. <laughs> yep,
1: yeah, they already had a paternal figure die and come back. Maybe Luba will come back, but I, I, he seems very sure that he's going to die well, if he gets he, in contact he, with.
4: Them. He's going to die if he goes in contact with that.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm scared. I don't want it to be true.
4: I feel Please like he's kind of like Daja, where her magic it has something to do with that, so she gets sucked into it, where Triss, she can just like fall into it and be like, ah, oh, volcano. Was tri- uh, Daja, though, had to learn how to shield herself, too. So I feel like Lulu is a lot like that, too. But yeah. he's not able to shield himself.
3: Brittany, do you have anything else to share, aside from some spickery theories?
4: Yes. My first like was the description of what forms Flair and Carnelian take whenever they're talking to Evie. Flair was sapphire blue, still with his trailing flame of hair, which seems pretty cool. Flaming hair, that sounds awesome. He had black-rimmed eye holes around flame eyes. Flame hair, flame eyes, that's so cool. And then Carnelian had turned her fiery hair black like mine.
5: She made herself
4: a nose and mouth.
5: That's the opposite of cool, though.
4: It's cool.
5: They're hot.
4: Oh, my God. Shut up. Boo. Boo. (laughs) I approve, Indy. Oh, my goodness. I approve. I read this chapter before I listened to the audio. And so, Blair and Carnelian were kind of freaking me out a little bit. It was almost like a horror movie. And so, we're like, we're the children of the pool. I'm like, no, get out of there. They're, they're scary. <laughs> get out. Get
1: Literally. Out. Children of the corn, children of the pool. Right? Like,
4: I was like, no. And then they ask a million questions. And I was just like, we want to go out. Do you want to do that? I'm like, no. This, these two are creepy. Get out. Get out. I have not seen any scary movies. But no, these these kids are giving off some bad vibes, man. But then I listened to the audio. I was like, okay, they're not nearly that scary.
3: They're just children.
4: They're just kids. My next one is when they call Evie funny spirit. And Evie's like, my name isn't funny spirit.
1: It's a funny spirit, Um,
4: though. Funny spirit, yeah.
1: because that's not her name. Does not make it false? (laughs)
4: Sure. My next like is when Luvo is giving Evie a massage, basically, by like walking on her back. I I want a Luvo massage. A Luvo massage that sounds amazing
1: 45 she flip- pound smooth rock, just kind of like, everything out.
4: Yeah, that sounds amazing. Like, yeah, she that's might that's have funny. to go make a bunch of soap, but hey, she got a massage, so worth it if I, you ask me.
5: You have a child, no, I, don't, I don't think the
3: child can massage as well as Luvo. Uh,
4: no, I've had Malia walk on my back before, it does not feel great. <laughs> Oh, good
3: Malia doesn't have the centuries of experience that Luvo has, right? Mm-hmm. Makes all the and
4: difference. then Luvo can like adjust his weight too. Malia, she's not good at that, she can't do that. Nope.
3: <laughs> gotta go introduce her to the heart of a mountain, so teach yeah. her how to do
4: it
1: exactly. Massages are something that really require a lot of patience, and children don't usually have that, yeah. Problem. Nope.
4: Mm-mm. <laughs> I like that Jayat saw that Evie needed help with her braid and was like, here, I'll help you. My master has arthritis and I have a bunch of sisters, so I know how to do that. Let me help you. It was really cute. He's just such a great guy. He really is. My next one is when Jayat was telling Evie what he was doing whenever she was out of it. Jayat says that Luvo has told him about Briar and he says, your friend Briar sounds like quite the fellow. And Evie's like, he he's usually the first to tell you so too. <laughs> I am quite the fellow.
3: I was
5: I'm gonna amazing. say
4: that's I'm so great. great. <laughs> that's like, and you should know this.
5: I'm amazing. I don't I'm know, like I can talk about I'm awesome. Mm-hmm.
3: Especially he's especially likely to tell you that if, if you're female, I feel mm-hmm. Well, I guess not even necessarily female, just somebody who he's interested in sleeping with. Yes. And that was my last one. Since we're talking about Briar, I'm going to jump in. Because you know who reminds me of Briar? Flair. Yes. Hmm. (laughs) Like when she names him, when she tells him that she's named him Flair, he's like, Flair, I understand. I do that all the time. (laughs) It's just like, you are Briar, my friend. (laughs) I like that Evie keeps her magical self human so that she won't forget. That line kind of reminded me of in Street Magic when she's meditating and she almost turns herself into stone. It's like she learned something from there. Yeah. The problem with these creatures is that they never ran out of strength.
4: Probably because they have a bunch of fire near them.
3: Yeah. I was just, I was like, I'm sure that at this moment, I know that in like the last chapter or maybe two chapters ago... You were very annoyed by Evie, but I feel like at this moment, you probably relate to her on a very personal level. Claire and Carnelian also remind me of your children.
4: Yes. (laughs) Ongoing forever and ever and ever. They never run out of energy. We were trying to sleep last night and Malia is not in school right now, so I let her stay up as long as she doesn't bother us. And she kept running back and forth like, girl, you got to go lay down. You don't have to go to sleep. You can watch TV. You just got to lay down because you running back and forth, you're bothering us. We got to go to work tomorrow.
3: I like when Giant tells Evie, I've never seen a living dead person before. The way Evie describes this is he acted like it was a perfectly normal thing to say. (laughs) She wakes up and he's just like, I've never seen a living dead person before. Also, this just makes me want to get Giant and have him come hang out with friends and watch zombie movies. My hair fell all around my face. I had to do something with it. The stuff was down to my waist and flopping everywhere since Giant removed my head cloth.
4: That's a lot of hair. The way she's talking about it, I'm surprised she doesn't chop it off. Like it's flopping everywhere and getting in my way. Like, cut it. You used to have it short. When we first met you, it was all cut short.
5: No, it's
1: fine until it's no longer held in place when you left it.
5: So That's I, it I think it's much like me. There's a point in time in which you're like, I'm going to let it grow out. This is a spiritual and emotional journey. I just don't ever get far because I hate long hair.
3: (laughs) And then, of course, they mentioned hot springs. So I thought of Eureka Springs, especially because I think they talk about like people going there to like get curative baths and whatnot. And I was like, hey, that's where I'm from. Uh, I thought of hot springs. Where people also went to go
4: get curative baths
5: and still do. Come with us. We have a wonderful game. It's called Let's Find a Way Out.
4: My favorite game. It's so much fun. fun.
5: (laughs) Cornelians sound heartbroken, like a little girl who had lost her favorite doll. Who cares about explanation? She's Evie. You're Cornelian. I'm Flare. Creatures from the cold world have names, and so you will, too. We are going to leave the pool and become famous, even if we die. There's just something about that
1: it's very matter of fact to be honest what that reminded me of was thinking of people's like you know how they refer to their genders and stuff and it's like it doesn't matter what you are it doesn't really matter we're all just here we're gonna die eventually we can just we're refer to ourselves different. how we want
5: it's Fine. yeah <laughs> She said, "Come back with a coffin, because that's how she's going to ship you to Winding Circle."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rose Thorn just no chill at
5: all. I love that because I'm just like, yeah, that sounds like Rose storage.
1: Yeah, it's just regular. That's that's. And how poor she's Jaya. Been.
4: He's not sure if she's joking or not. <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. But it's she like, also um... sends food. Yeah, Yeah, but he's still like nervous about it. He's like, "Is she gonna beat you?"
1: She's ferocious.
3: She really is. Well, also, we we learn from Giant that this is the culture he's from. So he says, "Yeah, Tahara used to beat me when I when I was a kid and like disobedient or whatever." Didn't I compare Giant to like rural farm kids in an earlier chapter? He's just from here because we do that too.
5: Yeah, I'll talk about that later. This is the confirmation. Her mother was a pirate queen. That's
1: why <laughs> she punches so
5: hard. My theory, my <laughs> the theory is not unfounded. There it is. I still wish we would have got more about the pirate queen. Yeah,
4: we we're getting a little bit more now. I guess she had a daughter. That's cool. Yeah, but I wanted to know more about her
1: before she just got blown up, atomized to shreds. You
5: say thanks, Tris. Thanks, Tris. They deserve it. Um, they did. The lady who tried to buy me for her house and pet gang would have beaten me. No, she would have had me beaten. Uh, she wouldn't have accurate. soiled with me. A hundred percent accurate. That clarification.
1: Yeah. Uh, kind of painful to hear, Like, but just a reminder how evil Ladies and Audio was.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. In case we needed it, you know.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In case case you need that reminder.
1: Yeah, (laughs) this (laughs) is forgot about the child gang violence.
3: Brittany's learning more about how she needs to do this. That's right, Brittany. Don't hit your children. Have somebody else do it for you. (laughs) Yes.
1: Get your own children to beat your other children.
5: Don't sew your hands with beating them.
4: Well, I mean, Steven has threatened Malia with the chocolate before, and so Zania has picked up the chocolate and has tried <laughs> to hit Malia with it. So
1: she's learning. Good. She's Good. Learning.
4: Start
5: of young. What <laughs> a mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: like goober.
5: Yep. I'll be on my way to winding circle tomorrow with orders to make soap and dip candles forever.
3: I like the line that comes right before that, if yeah. I may. Have you ever made soap? Let me tell you, a temple needs a lot of soap she's quite happy to tell them you'll make it all. Which is just such a solid punishment. Well, it really
4: is.
1: I don't know if this was brought up earlier in this book about just how bad soap making is, but it, along with making leather, are like the two stankiest, hardest most disgusting thing you can do in this sort of like kind of rural village life like before industry really comes in it used to be on the outskirts of a village because it is so fucking stanky getting punished to to make the soap for an entire i'm guessing couple hundred a thousand maybe a couple thousand people at a, a like a big temple in a big city that's gonna fucking suck
4: yeah yeah
1: aside from like corporal punishment i don't see another punishment that could be worse than that other than maybe cleaning latrines it's bad
4: i don't know i think i'd rather get spanked at least it's done and over with <laughs> <laughs> like okay the pain will be there for a couple of minutes and then I'm, okay
3: but in a way doesn't that make like from the side of the like adult doesn't that make the soap making a better punishment like oh that's yeah gonna
4: stick oh, with yeah. you that's Fully gonna stick with you. Plus, you get soap
1: out of it.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's debatable, especially depending on how it's dealt out. But it's kind of like this. Well, you have to contribute to the community because spanking a kid doesn't like do anything in that regard. Yeah. But giving them a responsibility, like making soap, or at our school, sometimes the kids who get in trouble instead of ISS, they stay after school and help the custodians. You know, then you're contributing to something. Which possibly makes you like actually care about it more. Cause if you mopped that floor, you're far less likely to like track mud on it later.
4: Yeah. And get more upset about it when other <laughs> kids do it. Like, how yeah. dare you disrespect this man that's cleaning up after us? Stop yeah. it.
1: Cause if you don't go through it, you don't know just yeah. how hard it is.
4: Exactly. Right.
1: Yeah. Soap making bad, <laughs> good punishment. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do when my kids are bad.
3: (coughs) You're going to make them make soap?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, by hand. Okay, maybe they'll have gloves so the lie doesn't eat their skin off. Most of mine have been taken, but I've got two. Well, maybe one, actually. But uh, yeah, the black eye hole fire-rimmed flaring carnelian. It is very much a horror movie image, you know, like a flame-eyed demon. Just like existing under the ground and like forming a body to show you that mimicking you sounds like a demon from hell that would right? like, like it is a horror movie to me. Like I get that they are children and they don't necessarily have bad intentions, but the visual can be
4: creepy. It's yeah. are so creepy.
1: The, the whole visual of it made me be like, yeah, that's a demon.
4: We're just trying to get out. We <laughs> just went out.
1: We just want out. Let Come me out. Come play with us. We'll, we'll smush you up against up. the ru- up against the wall. You'll you'll be fine. I'm sure. Funny spirit. <laughs>
4: Come play a new game. It's Come great fun. We um, won't kill you with our fire. It's fine.
1: <laughs> the other one was Evie uh, thinking about when well, she was floating high above the pool of lava, imagining asking Oswin if he would take in two new kids. <laughs> and her being like, oh, yeah, I, I could say they're a, they're a little hot tempered or a little hot at hand or a little hot under the collar. And it's just, uh. Uh, she's trying. <laughs> I can't be too mad because I'm the type of dude to be making shit up like that, too. But it was like, oh, <laughs> she's she's really, really trying. It's not working out right now, but she's trying.
3: My husband needs there. to be reading this book.
1: Oh yeah, he would he would love that.
3: Yeah.
4: She'll get there. It'll be fine.
1: I'm sh- you know what? I really I really hope this comes back and like she she has like a really good one at the end, I think. Well, if
4: they are luvo like, then she could potentially introduce them to Oswin. So yeah, know. if
1: they if they decide to make like physical bodies that aren't liquid magma. That might be yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Cuz they like they, Luba, they so. do want to get out.
4: They
3: do. Even
1: if even if it kills them. And it Mm -hmm. might not necessarily have to kill them. We'll see. Yeah, um, I like the confirmation that the little vents that are releasing the fumes from the volcano, killing the plants, is doing the thing, which is what volcanoes always do. They release a bunch of fumes that kill everything around them. And it's like, yeah, that that would poison water. That would kill the plants. That would, all the symptoms, the cause, it's all kind of there. We just kind of need to figure out why if it is just a natural thing that a force of nature which is what it looks like or unless they're being like brought there intentionally or something can't wait to see that and at the end i like uh rose thorn evie saying that she will be weeding acres of gardens for weeks i didn't hear enough well hanging for my liking but the i like these new these new punishments
3: rose thorn is branching out yeah yeah, yeah. they're 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 acceptable
4: They've gotten used to the well hanging that she's like, No, they're so used to this already.
1: It's, it's- not enough. And it doesn't help the community. No. Right.
4: It just, if anything, it poisons the well water. That's what I was so. going to say. Because
3: <laughs> that's what she tells Briar in the first book. He's like, Are you going to hang me in the well? And she's like, I'm not going to poison my- the water. <laughs>
2: you. <laughs>
3: Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find?
1: The theme that I found is one that I found a lot, not just in this book, but others, but uh, perspectives. Flair and Carnelian don't know anything, anything apart from like the walls of the magma chamber that they've been in. They know nothing of the surface other than that it is cold, at least compared to where they're at now. So they have no point of reference to when someone knew, like Evie's magical, magical body, they don't know anything. And when they see this cool new spirit, they're like, hey, surely you know about everything we do down here, because that's all that they know. Their perspective is so small and contained, which is fine because they're not humans. They're literally fire like magma spirits living in this collective pool underground so whenever he meets them and kind of tries to explain who she is are they mages like they don't know what that is they have no idea
4: what's a mage
1: yeah where's your pool like you you know what a pool is because everyone's we born in a
4: pool. pool everyone's born in a pool
1: yeah so like there's just no perspective from their end where she's from and vice versa she has no experience with a pool full of magma spirits so she's like what is going on what are these things a mage with more experience would know i i question if any other mage has been this close to a magma chamber so i i don't know if another mage would know so she could be treading on totally like unknown territory maybe but, uh, Triss, it,
4: because she she went into some lava before
1: that's true yeah Triss might know but aside from her i i can't I don't think a regular, like, fire mage would be able to uh, to understand. That kind of brings me to uh, Jayat, uh, who is like, back when I would do bad things, my master would beat me. I'm like, he's like, so Evie, Rosethorn's gonna beat you, right? Because that's, like, she threatened to, like, murder her, essentially, as as a joke. We know it's a joke, but Jayat doesn't have that perspective of who Rosethorn is actually not just the front that she puts out in front of the other people. So he's like, you're actually going to die, right? Like, you're going to get beaten the fuck up by your master because you did a bad. And she's like, no, no. Like, you don't know her like that. You don't know what we've been through collectively, and he just has no context to their relationship. But then we kind of see Evie be like, I get where he's coming from because she has been beaten in the past. By mm-hmm. the people that were supposed to be, you know, in charge of her, I guess would be the nice way to say it, because she she was a slave, and then she was going to be taken as a student, so she was a slave, and she would be beaten if she didn't do what she was supposed to. So she she's got his perspective, but he he has he doesn't really know hers.
3: It's kind of like going back to comparing giant to people around here. I had a coworker several years ago who learned at some point that my parents did not believe in corporal punishment and they did not hit me as punishment when I was growing up and she was like but you turned out okay how did that work and that's not the words she used but that was ca- like kind of like she was shocked and I was like I, I-, I don't know we used our words I guess <laughs> like <laughs> it's not something that I ever really thought of until this coworker had this reaction but yeah it's she had this perspective of, well, yeah, that's just what you do. Kid is bad, you hit him with a switch or whatever.
1: Make him pick one. Yeah. Not to go on a total tangent, but that reminds me like a little bit of the whole like Christians versus atheist thing. Christians are like, if you don't believe in God and like heaven and that hell exists, what keeps you from being evil if you don't have this source of like punishment and reward? in the afterlife for me anyways as an agnostic theist like i something's out there i don't know what it is i don't think it's god from the bible but like i don't need to be punished to be a good person because when someone's nice to me it feels good and i would like to be nice to other people in return and just live in a society where everyone can be polite and people that take advantage of others like physically or something are dealt with appropriately i don't need to be goaded with a stick and a carrot to be a nice person
4: yeah Yeah. my theme is fear evie is afraid that she is going to be killed by these children um not intentionally on the children's part but she's scared that uh their hot bodies That sounds so weird. Uh, Could uh, potentially kill her. Luvo is also scared for Evie because she's in magma exploring and she could die. He worked hard to get away from that place because it's scary. And now she is putting herself at risk and could potentially die in there. and He's terrified. Jayat is scared for Evie because... Evie did something crazy and now he's also afraid that she's going to get beat. That's all I could
3: think of for this chapter. And Can we take a minute to actually talk about Luvo in this chapter because we didn't because I believe when Evie gets back, Luvo as she finds out that Luvo has been, like, curled up into a ball. Yeah, he's
4: been curled up in a ball the whole time <clears> and <he's> not talked <throat> at all. Uh, so- people have asked him a couple questions, and he'll answer, like, a couple here and there. But for the most part, he's just been curled up, terrified.
3: Yeah. yeah. So Luvo is so scared that he's acting very out of character. And this is a mountain who's
5: pretty chill. Who's seen <laughs> some shit. Yeah, and
1: doesn't freak out easily.
5: No. Indy, right. do you have a theme? I was gonna say mine's kind of close to fear. It's it's uncertainty. Evie doesn't know if she's gonna make it out alive. And then there's that uncertainty when it comes to like Jayette going, Oh, is like Roseland actually gonna hit you? Like, are you good? Do you need help? <laughs> luvo's uncertain of what kind of outcome will happen when evie has gone in the only one who is certain of anything and that that's rose thorn and rose thorn is certain that evie is going to be making soaps for the rest of her natural life
3: (laughs) i didn't really come up with a theme i had my theme box in my notes blank the all the way up to start of this recording the best I could come up with was like maybe exhaustion because Evie's really exhausted and these kids wear me out (laughs) yes part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a maid. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives, and I'm going to go first because we've already talked about mine fairly extensively. Don't hit children. Um, That's a good one. Like I said, we've already talked about it, but uh, I'm going to read some information from the World Health Organization. Evidence shows corporal punishment increases children's behavioral problems over time and has no positive outcomes. All corporal punishment, however mild or light, carries an inbuilt risk of escalation. Studies suggest that parents who used corporal punishment are at heightened risk of perpetrating severe maltreatment. Corporal punishment is linked to a range of negative outcomes for children across countries and cultures, including physical and mental ill health, impaired cognitive and socio-emotional development, poor educational outcomes, increased aggression, and perpetration of violence. I like Rose Thorne's idea of making Evie make soap. If one can make soap in a way that one is physically safe I have yet to learn that uh soap making is bad for kids
1: it ain't Uh, good for kids but the thing that you do to people you know when you instill something into children discipline it's it's good at instilling discipline into children probably not good for their lungs or skin well that's why I
5: said you know if you can do it in a way that's safe for them physically Yeah, But here's the thing. The other thing that Ebby is going to have to do for the rest of her natural life is candle dipping. And candle dipping is actually not all that bad, especially if you get like organic, like beeswax or soy or any of these things that don't have like paraffins in them.
4: Her other one is also cooking in a very small, hot room that has to constantly be stirred. Oh, that sounds awful. Steaming <laughs> pot on you on room. I
5: don't Constantly like it stir- is because I would rather not dehydrate my child.
4: Constantly stirring, you're going to get an arm workout. Oh my goodness.
5: <sighs> as long as as long as they uh, don't die of heat stroke and dehydration. I like okay. that one. <laughs>
4: Mine is kind of tied into Molly's controlling your anger in general. I know growing up, I was used to seeing a lot of violence. My mom and her boyfriend would always get into fights and like throw stuff at each other or yell at each other, hit each other. It was something that I was used to. And so growing up and getting into relationships of my own, um, I thought it was just normal to do those things as well hit people and throw things and yell and just I've gotten a lot better and I want to continue to work on myself of controlling my anger because it's not normal to yell and scream and hit all the time especially now having kids of my own seeing the fear in their eyes (laughs) whenever I do something like that is not fun it's really heartbreaking and I don't want my child or children growing up In a home where that is normal. I don't want them to have to work through that kind of issue. Like I did getting into my own relationships. I want them to have a normal, stable, loving environment. Where they don't have to worry about something like that. And model that for their own relationships later on. You can be fierce. Give punishments. But don't lash out and hit people.
1: That that
3: definitely applies to me as well.
1: Mine is in a similar vein. It's uh, Even if you're mad at someone. Even if you're mad at someone you love be considered. rose okay. Thorne is obviously very very mad at evie for running off uh magicking herself into a volcano and freaking <laughs> everyone out uh mm-hmm. so even though she's threatening to you know that she will send her back in a coffin and all these other punishments um, saying
4: let her starve
1: she still brings her food or left her food She still left her food, left her like a lamp in case it was dark when they came back. Like she left her stuff to still be safe and taken care of, even if she's mad at them. And it's just just good advice.
5: So mine actually directly ties in with Goodwin's theme everybody has a different perspective than you. I have always tried to play devil's advocate when it comes to, like, why people do things, why people think ways that they do. Everybody has a different view of the world, and sometimes you have to put yourself in their shoes in order to grow as a human being. That's not my favorite thing to do, be honest with you, but (laughs) it's, yeah, like, just be conscious that other people have different life experiences and sometimes that doesn't make sense with what you know or what you've been through and there are certain things that i'm like yeah judge that motherfucker on but there are a lot of things that like i'm like as someone who grew up in the south and with a particularly uh, volatile household I know that there are people who don't have those experiences and so when I react in certain ways it doesn't make sense to them and people who are just like cool with things that they shouldn't be cool with doesn't make sense to me. I need that reminder I think everybody needs that reminder we all have different life experiences we all have different views on things Learning from other people can help us grow as people. Now that said, I'm going to share something that I I heard not too long ago because I've always been like, yeah, I play devil's advocate. Like, you know, oh, this person might have reacted because of this reason or like that reason. Someone was like, all right, you know, for for, you you want to play devil's advocate? What devil are you playing advocate for? Racism. Homophobia, uh, misogyny. What devil are you playing advocate for? And I'm just like, ah, that's terrible. (laughs) I never thought of it that way. And I hate that. Some devils should not be advocated for. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Yeah. I cannot advocate for like homophobia and racism purely because like marginalized groups do not deserve to be discriminated against because they are a marginalized group. The system is already stacked against us. It is more so stacked against people with multiple minorities. We all need to understand this. <laughs> that's that's a devil I cannot play advocate for. but yeah like for for like situations where somebody gets offended about something that's supposed to be a joke, say like, oh, look at you, you're on time today. Somebody getting mad because someone makes that comment. They probably have time blindness and cannot judge their timing. And so they probably put a lot of effort. They couldn't do anything else because they are paralyzed by time blindness. So they did not wash the dishes that they needed to wash. They did not go do a hobby for 45 minutes because they were fully dressed and ready to go two hours before they needed to walk out the door these are the things that like i play advocate for
1: i know one that i bring up constantly which is like the bane of allison's driving experiences uh because it helps me stay calm as well why are people speeding why are people driving like jerks like i'm always like you know maybe maybe just maybe they're on the way to a doctor's appointment and they ran late because something happened that Made them late not their fault and they need to get there or else they might suffer that, that's always mine like there's always some reason why someone's being this way and it's it might even be a good reason but that's my excuse to keep me from getting mad at them for driving shitty
5: i guess
3: indy and i are going to have a little discussion in the secret chat about uh which excerpt that we should while Brittany and Goodwin discuss what they think happens in this chapter. Well,
4: I kind of feel like it should an expert excerpt should be about how to get out of trouble because that part has already been ruined for us. So because that's the title of the chapter. Oh, uh, out of trouble. How do
3: you think she's gonna get out of trouble?
4: Uh Louvo's gonna help her. He's gonna be like, Hey, there's something going on with them there, rocks. Rose Thorn's gonna be like, Ah, if Luvo knows then okay, all right, I guess it's okay. He's thousands of years older than I am. Who am I to say if he's lying or not? Do you agree, Goodwin?
1: Sorry, what? <laughs> About the How excerpt, you, right? So yeah. so yeah,
3: so chapter nine is titled How to Get Out of Trouble. Mm-hmm. How do you think Evie is going to get out of trouble?
1: I think she's going to explain why everything's dying. And Luvo's going to help like, her. Yeah, and Rosalind's going to be like, That makes sense. You're no longer uh, to weed the fields for the rest of your days. (laughs) And then
4: Murtide's going to be like, oh, man!
1: He couldn't figure that out because he's a water mage instead of a rock mage. He's a loser.
4: Yeah. All he's good for is making waves wear hats.
1: (laughs) That's right.
3: (laughs) We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter nine of Melting Stones, How to Get Out of Trouble. Before I knew what he was up to, Oswin came over and picked us both up. Like Jayat the night before, he wasn't ready for Lupo. His knees bent under us. He grunted with the strain. His face turned a nice dark ruby. As he staggered to carry us to the table where Azaze and Fusspot sat, I tried to distract him. "'The emperor of Yanjing gave me a coat made of silk "'that was the same color as your face right now. "'You forgot about Luvo's weight, didn't you? "'You're very strong for an old man.' "'I'm 45! That's not old!' Oswin slid us onto a bench at the elder's table. "'It certainly is not!' "'Luvo sounded almost huffy as I put him on the table. "'Azaze had been talking to Fusspot. "'Now she got up and looked at the people "'who had been witness to all of this.' The rest of you, off to your homes. The council must gather immediately. Master Miller, Mistress Weaver, Master Carpenter, will you remain? I'll send an ostler for the smith, the chief herder, and the chief miner. Giant, fetch your mistress. Tell her I insist. Giant gulped. Yes, headwoman Azaze. He ran out of the inn. Azaze went outside for a moment. When she came back, she sat down across the table from me and looked me in the eyes. I don't think I flinched. It was hard. This tall, stern-looking old lady would do better as a queen than as the headwoman of an armpit little village snuggled to a mountain that was about to blow up. What do you think you saw down there, girl? Or did you just invent a tale to keep yourself out of trouble? Azaze demanded. If she spoke to everyone like that, I'd bet her children died of fear when they were small. If I was doing that, I'd have said I got a face full of bad air and it made me do strange stuff, I told her. When I lie, I'm smart enough to keep it simple. That's where liars always go wrong. They get fancy, then they forget the details. It's best to have a simple, basic lie that you don't have to worry about remembering. Azaze's thin mouth twitched. I think she may be smiled. Your career to this point has made you an expert in lying, I take it. I nodded, though it made my head spin. Yes, headwoman Azaze, but I never lie to Rose She, um discourages it evie and i have an understanding Rosethorn had returned with packets of herbs and a mug she grabbed the tea kettle and poured hot water into the mug she tells me the truth and i don't hang her in the first well we come to it's a solution (laughs) that works tolerably well for both of us
4: (laughs) yep it sounds like she told the truth about the mountain about to explode got her out of trouble Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy,
1: and Goodwin.
4: If you like the show, tell your friends about us.
5: If you don't like the show,
4: tell your enemies.
1: You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.
3: Find all our episodes at our new home on
4: Acast. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. we'd love
5: to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com.
1: You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group.
4: To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram.
5: Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud.
1: Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing the Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening.
5: Let's all have coffee
4: next week.
3: I just realized that uh, Indy turned off
0: their camera.
1: Yeah, I wonder why.
4: (laughs) Right?